Welcome to the Mortis and Tenon Magazine podcast, where we are celebrating historic furniture making. This is episode number five. I'm Joshua. And I'm Mike. And today we are joined by Ben Strano of Fine Woodworking. Ben is a buddy of ours. He's been up doing some work. We're talking with uh, Ben about uh, digital and print media and how they're used, how they can be used to inspire woodworkers. Um, and uh, I think it's something that uh, it's his job that uh, something that's important to him and his job and also to us, uh, different ways that we can be inspired and inspire each other. So that we're excited to talk with talk with him about that. Yeah. Before we get talking to Ben, we have a few updates regarding issue four. Um, where we are and things like that in the development of this next issue. Uh, so we've been writing. We've been busily yeah. going over articles. We've gotten uh, articles back from authors and um, cleaned up some interview material. And we're getting uh, photography in. And so we're, we're looking over all these things and starting to sort them out, right? Yep. The spreadsheet is looking good. <laughs> the spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. Check. Check, it's check, it's check, nice check, to check yeah. things off in this process. Yeah. So, um, so you have uh, finished up on one of your articles. Correct. I just finished an article where I'm laying out my method, my my system for uh, building pre-industrial tables. Um, it, it's kind of it's based on the the tables video that we made, but this is a, a pretty focused slice of it. It's basically trying to say, okay, if you're going to get from rough lumber to a finished table, here are the eight steps that I would use um, in this order and for these reasons. And I, I threw in there a bunch of little, anything from big process, uh, chronological kinds of things to this tiny little, hey, if you orient your hand like this or whatever, it's mm. tiny things too. So um, I just finished that up and now it's in the hands of Jim McConnell. He's doing the editing. Um, giving it the red pen treatment. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I'm glad to have that in a sense. I, I think it's going to be a good compliment to the, the video to, yeah. to have that process just listed out like that. Yeah. And one of the things that we've talked about is the fact that in our, our editing process, like we're not just, you know, like this is a, a team effort right. and every article goes through the hands of, of each one of us between you and me and Jim and Megan Fitzpatrick our copy editor and um so we, we toss these things back and forth and around we we work them out and kind of massage the words so to speak in such a way to to just best convey what either we or what the authors are are trying to say yeah so it's a, a really in, enjoyable way of doing it and i feel it's very thorough. And if we're not the authors of that particular piece, the author also is involved. It's just, it's always this back and forth. Uh, we get a manuscript, we do a little tweaking, send it back to the author, send it to another person. And we just go back and forth until we all feel really good about that. The author's intention is conveyed. It's clear, it's compelling. And it's, um, so it's a really fun process. I, I really enjoy being able to work with other people and, and kind of bounce off of them. Because writing is communication. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if, if you don't get what I'm trying to say, then it yeah. doesn't work. So, um. yeah. So I uh, have also been writing this week, and uh, 
I, without giving too much away just yet, uh, if if your interests are in areas regarding uh, human tactile perception on a nanoscale and <laughs> vernier visual acuity and how that relates to pre-industrial furniture making, uh, stay tuned because this will be right up your alley. But uh, I've been doing some uh, interesting research and things and putting it all together in an article that, uh, well, I'm not going to give it away but it's going to be an interesting one so i'm on the edge of my seat oh yeah (laughs) there is another article that we just finished up by jared Dahl. it's gone through all the editing process it's all ready for design now and jared talks about essentially craft production and how making handcraft in batches really informs your process and makes you a more professional, more mature artisan. Um, it's been inspiring to me to read it. I definitely want to take it back to the bench and try some of this stuff. I, I never, ever considered viewing uh, production methods mm. in that way at all, basically as a positive, mm-hmm. um, and differentiating it between, you know, uh, industrial mass production. Right. Uh, it was just, it was really eye-opening to me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to bringing what I learned from him to the bench and uh, hopefully growing as a craftsperson myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. Okay. Well, we have uh, Ben Strano here from Fine Woodworking uh, to to visit with us. He's up here in Maine uh, traveling around on uh, work duties. And so we brought him in on the podcast. We wanted to uh, Ben's a good friend of ours. We said, "Come yeah. on over, man. You gotta gotta hang out for a little bit." So, Absolutely, yeah. he had a window of time, so we wanted to bring him in. Yeah. Thanks, thanks Welcome. for having me. It was I got to see the barn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 everything I hoped it would be, and <laughs> more. Oh, awesome! It's uh, it's you guys are you guys are really cranking it out up here. It's it's really impressive and and uh, good to see. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And what did you say about the insulation? You said you know it's working because it was colder inside the shop. It yeah. was colder inside the shop than yeah. it was outside. At one point, I thought to myself, I need to get outside. I'm a little chilly. Yeah, yeah. So we built this big, beautiful cooler, this, you know, yeah, yeah. early yeah. 19th century. Yeah. Because we're having a warm day for... Yeah, exactly. It is. This yeah. is the warmest it's day all of a sudden got warm, weeks. So. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, Ben, uh, remind... Uh, Mike and I know, but remind our listeners uh, what your job is at Fine Woodworking, what you do. All right. So I do a little bit of everything. I, th- I would, it, it would probably be best summed up that at Fine Woodworking, I am in, I'm the guy in charge of, for the most part, anything digital. Mm-hmm. So the website management falls under my duties, uh, blogs going, you know, getting people to blog, Editing blogs, posting blogs, and the videos. I produce all the videos, and um, I shoot some of them myself. And uh, but most of them are done with a friend of mine, Jeff Rose, who's okay. our, our videographer, who's incredibly talented and mm. um, a great guy to boot. And so, but the digital end of fine woodworking is 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 mostly handled by me. So if you have any problems with the digital end of fine woodworking, I'm the guy to come after. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And there are, there are it's, some. It's, it's <laughs> yes. Ben's fault. Yes. Yes. So what are you doing in Maine? I know it's beautiful in Maine in January. Well, I'd, I thought but... it was a little too warm in Connecticut. Okay. And, so head north. Um, the snow drifts weren't, weren't annoying enough in Connecticut right now. So I needed to head north and, uh, 
I so the best part of my job probably the best and the worst part because I don't like being away from my family very much. But mm-hmm. um, the best part of my job is I get to just drive around places and visit woodworkers, and make videos, and see their shops and learn techniques and things like that, yeah. and hopefully mm-hmm. convey that through the website to our our readers. Yeah. And um, so right now I am on a trip. Uh, I'm I'm out for the week and visiting probably four or five different places and um, just trying to get content for the website. And uh, so I, I did a shoot with Danielle Rose Bird, who was, uh, mm. she was in issue three, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, uh, I stopped by uh, Lee Nielsen and I did a shoot with, if, if anyone has been to the open house and done the tour, they have met Lynn, who is in charge of the polishing shop. And she is one of the most memorable people I will ever meet in my entire life. Nice. And I immediately was taken by her and thought, I, we need to make a video about you. Yeah. And no one argued with me at yeah. work, so awesome. I just ran with it. And wow. so um, I did a, a shoot with her and trying to tell her story because she's, you know, everybody has some Lee Nielsen's uh, or, or wants some Lee Nielsen's in their yeah. tool cabinet. And she's... She's probably taken part in making every single one of them. So um, it's a, she's an inspiring lady. And uh, I want to tell her story. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I am too. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see it about 312 times in the next month. But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Cool. So what other projects do you have any, uh, upcoming projects you're excited to work on other videos other trips other yeah we are in two weeks we uh jeff and i are heading out to salt lake city okay to do um we our long form videos which seem to get longer and longer um we call them our video workshops and um so we have like i think 70 on the website right now and they range between two and a half to eight hours Mm. now um and we're we keep getting more detailed the more we go because um we're not limiting ourselves to what fits on a dvd anymore right Right. so it's like if the information is there convey it and uh so we're heading out to salt lake city to do a enfield cupboard um with chris gochner and it's all hand tools yeah um and he says he can do it in like four days so uh (laughs) We'll see. With, with I filming. booked more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. so he goes. Yeah, I can I can knock this out in in no time. I was like, all right, man. I trust him. Yeah. And he's. I mean, when it comes to technique and knowledge, hand tool yeah, knowledge, Chris doing. Chris is is right up there. You know. Yeah. So and it's a beautiful piece too. So I'm really excited to do that. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. So shifting gears a yep. little more personally. Uh, before you started at Fine Woodworking, were you a woodworker? I was. Um, I was, uh, long story short, my I was a recording engineer in Nashville for about 14 or 15 years. And um, along the way, bought a house, and like everyone else, bought a house, started to fix it up, had a basement, got a table saw started woodworking, became obsessed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, through uh, Mark Spagnolo and um, the Woodwright's shop and, you know, mm-hmm. just yeah. watching all of the content I could 
and then finding fine woodworking and becoming really annoyed that fine woodworking was seven miles from my parents' house. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, why am I in Nashville? <laughs> and, um, and eventually it became my, like, my life passion at that point. Mm. And I was no longer that interested in recording music anymore. Mm. And that became like a career shift for me. Uh-huh. And um, uh, I started doing some audio work for Lost Art Press. Uh, I mastered right. the Roy Underhill uh, Joiner and Cabinet Maker. Which is audiobook. excellent. I, I so enjoy that. Thank you. Well, it, it, was, it was fun to do. It was like Roy Underhill's reading to me and no one else has heard yeah. it yet. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, and then I did uh, some audio restoration. There was a bad mic on the Mike Seamson Naked Woodworker DVD. Okay. And I fixed a lot of that for Chris. And then randomly he emails me. He goes, I want you to edit a video. And I was like, I don't edit video. He goes, learn. <laughs> <laughs> like Chris Schwartz tells you to do something, you do it. Right. <laughs> so it's like. Okay, fine. I'll learn how to edit video. And I did the uh, video for uh, the Studley Tool Chest. I edited yeah. that and put it all together. And um, and then this job came up. And I was like, well, I kind of have skills in video now. And I have the passion. And so, and we wanted to move to Connecticut. Yeah. So it worked Perfect. out perfectly. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was a woodworker and eating up with it, obsessed. So. so, So what kind of woodworking do you do mostly what's kind of what kind of things you now um i'm leaning well okay so i think of my woodworking in two separate entities where in the morning i go to i find woodworking we have a shop like a big three thousand square foot shop and you know 16 inch joiner and you know 20 inch planer and your listeners are Throwing up right uh. now. <laughs> but, Did you say 20 inch joiner? Yes, yes. My joiner is 22 inches long. Oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this one weighs more though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I go there and I do my flat work, if you will. Yeah, um, sure. Make, you know, my toolboxes and, and, you know, things for the house. And then at night, at my shop, which I'm still getting together at the house, um, I would like to think of that as like my hand tool green woodworking mm. haven where I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to work on, you know, bowls and slower things, mm-hmm. you know, more intentional things. Uh, but yeah, so I, I have two sides to me. I don't know if I could ever go totally hand tool. Yeah. Um, so it's like I'm setting up my shop at home hand tool because I have this other sure, place yeah, to yeah. go. Right, right, you right, know? right. So, yeah. Yeah, and you have. I saw. I think I remember not too long ago. You got a, you had a built-in workbench. You built, and you're going to be working another workbench, right? Yeah. So I just built like quick in three hours, like a, a faux Nicholson, if you will. It's it's attached to the wall sure, with yeah. just the one, uh, face with with just the one apron, and just some. You know, I think I used two by sixes for the legs, yeah. uh, laminated together, and. Just knocked it together as fast as I could. I used a hollow cord, or um, I'm sorry, a solid corridor mm-hmm. mm-hmm. with um, uh, three quarter inch plywood on top of it to give me a little bit more thickness for holdfasts. Sure. And um, doing what we do, it, you know, visuals are somewhat important. Right. Knowing that this is my north facing window, I'm going to take Instagram pictures on right, it. Right, right. I couldn't have just a solid just corridor. Just the door. <laughs> yeah. I needed some wood backing. So that's where the plywood came in. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, eventually I would, that's what I will make my 
and it'll probably again be a, a Nicholson. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah. 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 I love my Nicholson. I have one that I, um, you know, used for to break. Actually, it was at the Lee Nielsen open house. I brought that thing along, and it's it's so light, but it's really rigid because of the design. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah, and I I like the idea that they're cheap. Yep. You know, right. um, I don't. I'm not a precious with my workbench kind of guy. Yeah. You know, so uh, a Nicholson seems to fit. I I could see doing a laminated top. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. One of the one of the great things about things like Instagram is that like we can watch you as you, you know, make shop improvements and you put your bench together and you take, you know, more flattering pictures of it to post <laughs> and things like that. But we also saw recently that you um, were working on a letterback chair. Brian yes. Letterback chair. Tell us about that. That was a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, David Duyard is, uh, had just started doing ladderback classes with, uh, under the tutelage of Jeff Lefkowitz, who's, if anyone has ever looked into ladderback, Jeff is kind of the, the, besides Brian, of course, Jeff is the, um, the carrier of the torch for sure. teaching ladderback chair in the, in the Brian Box style. Um, and he's just overwhelmed. Uh, he has too many students coming to him right now, so he knew that it's. I need to. I need to. Help, I need to get some help. And David is a Windsor chair maker in New Hartford, Connecticut, hmm. and he's about forty-five minutes away from me. And I was like, I think somebody had heard that I wanted to build a box chair, and 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 saw him on Instagram about to offer classes, Whoa. and was like, Hey Ben, you should you should reach out, yeah. and um and I did and. Um, it was, it was amazing. It was seven solid days of nothing but woodworking and the bogs, the bogs, um, the, the way that he makes that chair is not the simplest, most intuitive thing. And Mm. I don't think I would have been able to read a book Mm. or watch a video necessarily and build it myself. Um, and there's there's a lot of jigs. There's a lot of, it seems like trickery at the time. And but it like you know Jeff has all these methods because he's teached it for years and years. Yeah. And not only has he come up with a lot of great things, but his students have helped him in the sure. process. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he's he's open about that. He goes, oh, so and so came up with this idea. Oh uh, yeah. Awesome. Because when nice. somebody's taught the same project, you know, fifty times, that their fiftieth class is gonna be yeah. jam-packed with yeah. greatest hits yeah. so uh it was it was phenomenal and um from the moment i ever saw a box ladder back it, i just thought it was the most beautiful piece of furniture i'd ever seen mm-hmm. and i wanted to build it and it was it was a dream come true and david was a fantastic teacher and jeff was there and he was he was wonderful and um it was a small class it was three people mm-hmm. and nice. so we all became buddies and it was it was it was a great experience. I had never taken a real woodworking class before that. Yeah, um, I'm mostly self taught, and um, other than you know at work now, it's like, hey, you don't know how to do this. Let me show you now. And right. sure. Uh, but for for honest to God, real woodworking class that was my first experience, and I can't recommend it highly enough, yeah. especially with Jeff and David. Yeah. They were wonderful. So where's the chair now? It's um, my wife sits at it. Now. No, it's 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 at the it's at the dining room table. And my wife 
sits at it. Um, every now and then my son will, will say, I want to sit in daddy's chair tonight. <laughs> and he sits in it. And, um, right now in the winter, it winds up in front of our fireplace a lot where yeah. I, I sit in carved spoons or something and, um, in front of the fireplace. And it's like, if I'm carving a spoon, I'm going to sit in the chair. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I like, need the proper chair. Yeah. For that activity. Yeah. So, and you're making what? One a one a month? No, one a week. Okay, so yeah, I'm trying. Well, the fifty-two spoon, right? I. It's funny because you know at work Matt Kenny did fifty-two boxes in right. fifty-two weeks, and that was a huge undertaking because it wasn't just fifty-two boxes; it was fifty-two identifiable, distinct designs sure. and processes. Yeah. That, I mean, that was a that was a gin- ginormous undertaking. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I even hesitated to tell anyone it's like that. I'm going to try and make a spoon a week because it just, obviously it's going to be compared to Matt's self challenge, you know? And it's like, that's nothing compared to it. Cause a spoon, you guys know, you can sit down and rough yeah. it out in a couple hours, right. let it sit on the stove. And then the next night finish it off and, and throw it in some oil, you know? But I wanted to have... I wanted to have a, de- a deliberacy about it where it was like every week I want to make a spoon where, cause I want to get good at it. I yeah, want to right. get better at it. I'm right. not great at it right now. I'm okay, but I want to get good at this. And yeah. if I do one a week, I know I'm going to be a lot better a yeah. year from now than I am yeah. right now. Sure. So yeah, that's, that's where that came from. Yeah. But I saw the first one you made. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> well, that's yeah. pretty awesome. So <laughs> that was the first of the week for the challenge. That wasn't my first spoon. No, oh, you're right. But I'm yeah. saying, Number one of 52 is already yeah, really great. That's a, that's yeah, well, a good starting you. point. Thank so you. In 51 more spoons, it's going to be a pretty awesome spoon. If if anyone, though, has um, seen... So Dave Fisher, um, who's, a, who's an author that we work with a lot, his blog, if you guys don't follow Dave Fisher's blog, it's... I actually didn't even know he had a blog. Oh, his you're work gonna, is incredible. But his yeah. work is insane, but his his writing is wonderful. His photography is wonderful. Everything about right. Dave Fisher I'm making is... making that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he he had posted that... Somebody had, had uh, recently posted from Country Workshops in, I think, the mid-80s or something like that. Willie Sunquist. Uh, it's like a 40-minute video of him carving a spoon. Mm-hmm. And I mean, so like this is kind of the the grandfather of green woodworking right yeah. here on video, and I actually think it was filmed by an associate editor at Fine Woodworking at the time. Um, but he he's just carving a spoon, and when when they talk to him about design and what he's going after, he says, "I just want it to be symmetrical because that's the hardest thing." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Anyone can make a spoon that goes like this and that, and they're beautiful, but." it's really hard to make one that's symmetrical and like that <laughs> has bored its way into my head now. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm just sitting there looking for symmetry and hating myself. <laughs> so, yeah. That's my goal. Right. That's my goal. Symmetry. Symmetry. Yeah. Symmetry, yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all in the magazine business. Yeah. More or less. And, uh, and you know how we feel about print media and, you know the the value of of being able to physically hold this thing you know yeah. mm-hmm. having weight and having you know flipping through pages and you know the sound of flipping paper and that sort of thing it's it's important to us um 
what what do you see as the future of print media versus versus digital yeah being a digital guy you know, yeah seeing, you've seeing, got that working for a, a magazine like how do those things work together i think that the two are 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 currently going hand in hand really well i don't see print going away yeah. um because woodworking is a very tactile thing right and we're tactile people and we want to hold things and i can't tell you how many people i've talked to at shows that their wife will come up and say, oh, he's got a whole shelf full of fine woodworkings. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, if you touch one, oh, look out, you know. <laughs> and, and or he runs out to the mailbox and, and he yeah, come, yeah. I come in and, yep. and he, he goes away for two hours. <laughs> and, you know, years from now, there will be a second shelf with mortise and tenons and, you know, popular woodworking. And, and I think that the, these print entities are, um, they're, they're the history because I love online, obviously. It's, mm-hmm. it's my bread and butter, but it isn't as evergreen. Mm, it yeah, isn't sure. as, as permanent as... Right. It, it is and it isn't. Because there's, there's people groaning right now because, yeah, you we all know you post that picture. It's there. It's there, yeah. yeah. It's not going away ever. <laughs> but it's also, mm-hmm. you know, 38 miles down the stream on, on the Instagram. Yeah. You know, it's, it's very rare that somebody sees something that's posted two weeks ago, let alone... Yeah. 27 years ago whereas like in, in our cubicles at work we all have a complete set of fine woodworkings and yeah. it's like every now and then you just pull one out and you just open up a random thing it's like well, that is so permanent yeah that's so that's that's it, it's inspiring you know and like that's that's a goal of mine is to be in the print side to like i want an article because mm. i want to be there forever yeah you know <laughs> i want someone to be like ben strano was that's here. how you get in <laughs> yeah right? printed yeah. Yeah. printed article yeah yeah when the solar storm when the solar storm strikes yeah everything <laughs> digital is gone yeah. forever yeah you still yeah. have those back issues from yeah this, if from no the one's 70s. backing up the internet in two places i don't know what's gonna yeah. happen yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah i mean and you guys are doing you know the, the same thing where it's like you're doing this this it's important work mm. you know it's important work to um to make a journal to make a a, a, a reference for other generations to come back to and see what, what we were working on in 2018. Right. You know, um, and, and the respect for what was going on beforehand yeah. and, you know, everything it's, I, I think it's important to have that in a physical copy. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, we use a, a lot of digital media for a lot of things too. Um, so there, I think for us, like the way Mike and I see it is, is there's like, there are different strengths for different, forms right. of media and that kind of thing my my goal with the website and with social media and everything that i do is not necessarily it's like you know our website's important but one of my most important tasks in my head is to make people excited to get the new copy of fine woodworking mm, sure right yeah you yeah. know that's i want them to be like oh, i can't yeah. wait till i get to read what he's talking about or you know so it's it's the internet is is a lot of it is promotion for the print Sure. You know, and the two feed into each other. So, yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I, I think we view it pretty similar. To that yeah. Like, like we, we will always maintain, you know, the printed version of the magazine as the way to get the magazine, but yeah. we will, we'll do complimentary digital things for it just to yeah. you know, expand on the content here or there or. Yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of what we do online is. You know, there's only so many pages you can dedicate to a project. Right. 
right yeah. so right now the next issue coming out um the main project is mike pekovich doing an arts and crafts rocker mm. and this, this is, is this is inside info yeah. it actually Uh-oh. is I was gonna say. yeah <laughs> but you uh, hear that you heard it here first <laughs> um but so okay so somebody might look at that and say okay there's and it's it's a it's a pretty lengthy article right because it's a big project but we can't cover how to make a seat cushion right so in the printed yeah no it's it's that's another too much that's another another 10 pages you know so we sit there we sit around table say well why don't we have mike mike michelli come in and do a video on how to do a seat cushion yeah then you can go to the website and you can, if you're going to build this chair, yeah. there's no reason to hire, hire an upholsterer to do it. You could do this yeah. and yeah. he's going to show you. And it's, I think it's going to probably wind up being, you know, an hour and a half long video of, of the seat cushion. And he's, he's the one. Oh my yeah. God. He's so Mike is fantastic. Amazing. He's so passionate. Oh, he gets, <laughs> he, he gets excited and he's got 4,800 tools and like <laughs> all these bags that weigh 38 pounds each and can't. <laughs> 38's an understatement trust yeah, me actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's incredible yeah his upholstery stuff is great that's yeah. awesome so coming from the fine woodworking sphere i know for at least in my mind it seems like fine woodworking really has a i don't know if you'd say 50 50 or whatever but there's a a lot of emphasis on hand tools and also a lot of talk about how machines can be used as a complement to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're like in the hand tool world here. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you see um, this? I, I think a lot of people have identified that there's a sort of a, a new interest in hand tools, mm-hmm. maybe more interest uh, compared to say 30 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. Do you see, well, how do you see that trend fitting in? Is that something that it's a slow, steady thing that people are kind of, uh is this trend gonna maybe continue or do you see it as a fad thing that um i don't think it's just back and forth well i mean i think it it might could it be fed by folks like lee nielsen and lee valley making new easy to use hand tools Mm. yeah that make the barrier of entry a little less daunting Mm -hmm. um and they're not going anywhere Right. You yeah. know, right. Um, but there was a period where it was kind of hard to buy a hand plane. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. actually it was easy to buy a hand plane. It was hard to buy a good hand plane. <laughs> right. You right. know. Um, That's true. Yeah. So they're not going anywhere. I don't think, I, I think the work that you guys are doing and we're doing, it, I, I think that people, especially a younger audience, it seems to be drawn to, you know, you're sitting in front of your computer for eight hours a day. Yeah. Right. I need to get my hands on something. I yeah. need to, I need to, I need to sweat right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, hand tools are a good way of doing that. Yeah, you know? yeah they are. What an awesome way of doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's funny cause we have, uh, we have issue surveys and things like that. And, and we get responses that say we have too many hand tools. And then we get responses that say we don't have enough hand tools. So there's, there's, there's always a taste for an audience. And, um, I think that that you're gonna hand tools are the most efficient way of doing some things. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even even if you have a fully complemented power tool shop, right. sometimes the best way of doing it is to break out a hand tool and do it. Right. 
So that's not going anywhere. Um, there's, there's, you take, for example, Dave Fisher's bowls. Mm-mm. Yep. He can't make those beautiful bowls faster or, or more efficiently with power tools. Right. There's no better way of hogging away that material than an, than an axe and an adze. So that art form, the art that he makes will always be done with hand tools. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think it's a fad. I th- and, and if it is, if it feels like a fad, I think it's just because, um, there's more coverage of it now than there was before. Sure. But if you, if you look at, you know, the issues from the eighties or our issues from the eighties and the nineties, right. there was always hand tool stuff. Yeah. There really, really was. There Drew was, Langsner making stuff. And, uh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. it's, it's never, it's never gone away. I just think, you know, the, the, the hand tool crowd is more vocal now than they were before. <laughs> yeah, so. sure. So, so in, in the world that is becoming, uh, you know, we're increasingly on our smartphones and, and on social media and things like that, where, um, you know, the, the value of learning a, a hand skill, like a tangible skill to put towards a craft, like you, you are passionate about woodworking and you're really interested in, in, you know, different hand tool woodworking, carving spoons and stuff like that. What's the best way to show uh, the next generation the value in these tangible hand skills and crafts and pursuing that? I, I mean, all right, this is going to be a little heavier than maybe we want to get into on a woodworking podcast, but like, I go heavy. I feel like, you know, we're teaching our children right now what is important to us. Mm. And I truly live by one of those, the saying that like every dollar you spend is a vote for how you want the world to be. Yeah. And my son comes up to me now and will say like, we'll, we'll be at, um, a toy, like one of those, uh, kitty playground things where they have the they'll have the wooden train tracks and he's got wooden train tracks all over the place in our house and they'll have a cool bridge and he won't say can you buy this for me he'll say can you make this for me nice and it's like that's that's, that's awesome. getting into his sure. into his his yeah. psyche there we yeah. don't buy things we make them yeah. it's wood daddy can make that yeah. yeah yeah or i can make that with daddy's help is probably what what it <laughs> is in his head so it's like the next generation, they're going to be, our kids are going to be more apt to pick up a tool and do things themselves. Right. Mm. Our sons and daughters are going to be can-do people, yeah. the three people in this room, right? right. So that's, that's one small set of people that we don't have to worry about. So now we just need to... Just <laughs> <laughs> our peers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's natural. I think our, our generation seems to be a... Um, a digital generation, but who, who yearns for tangible things. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's how it's going to happen to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I've heard, you know, some people sort of, you know, I've seen the attitude of sort of rolling the eyes that uh, millennials that sort of have this, they talk about the authenticity of everything and it's sort of like really cliche, but I always felt like, you know, that is cliche, but you can tap into it because yeah. it is. There's a, a real desire. Desire. There. Yeah. I think yeah. things say. become cliche because they're they're because they're, they're honest and they're and it's real. It's yeah. it's it's, but like, okay. I mean, you want to get like super super sappy, like like cliche. 
I'm 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 sorting through. I'm stacking firewood, and there's this piece of cherry that was a little mangled and everything. Every time I come through cherry with the in my firewood stash, it's like, Ooh, what's, set that aside. What is here? Yeah. And I look at. I was like, there's no spoon in this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not. And I was like, oh, I could I can make some hooks, right? Mm. I can make some some bent wood hooks that because it, it there was a there's a little crook that was just perfect, right? And I thought, well, can I get three out of this? Yeah, I can get three out of it. I can get one for me. I can get one for my wife. I can get one for my son. And as I'm riving them out and as I'm carving them and everything, one obviously became my wife. Mm, right. <laughs> as a, you know, right. it, but like this hook was for my wife. This yeah. one was obvious. It was, yeah, yeah. it was the beautiful one. It was the, the, it was the one, you know? Yeah. And then there was one that was a little mangly and a little, you know, <laughs> that, that one was me. Then there, then there was one that was a little small and, and that was my son. And it was like, we hung them up, and my, my wife was immediately taken with them. And but mm. like as you're doing the finishing cuts on each one, I'm thinking about my son, on his hook. Yeah. Right. And and I'm thinking about my wife on her hook, and I'm thinking about all the stuff I got to work on on my hook. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But um, <laughs> it, why it, am I spending this time on yeah. my own stupid? Yeah. Hook? <laughs> yeah. I should throw my my jacket on the ground. Yeah. That's what I deserve. That's but <laughs> <laughs> but you know it it's but now when I hang up my jacket every day on that hook. I think of that, the intentional nature that, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's different. It takes on a different meaning at that point. And it's like, yeah, that's sappy and that's cliche, but that's it's real. true. It's yeah. real to it me, real. you know, and that, that's what, uh, that's what it is. That's, so. yeah, that's yeah. why I got drawn into this stuff. So yeah. 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 Cool. Really awesome. Well, I, I have a little tear in the corner of my eye. <laughs> Must be the other eye because I think you're lying. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you for stopping in. I appreciate you taking. Thanks. Time. Thanks for yeah, having me. It's thank great you. Having you. Yeah, it's it's great being here. Thanks. So thanks for listening to the Mortis and Tenon podcast. Uh, if you haven't already, you can subscribe at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, as always, we love to hear from you. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, ideas. Uh, leave them below or wherever you access this. Um, follow us on Instagram and you can uh, join the conversation there. And uh, again, we love to hear from you. So thank you all for listening and we'll catch you next time. Yeah, thanks.